before I share, as usual, I have a, a new joke. And uh, this is a joke about a doctor. Actually, I'll read it to you. An old geezer became a very bored in retirement and decided to open a medical clinic. He put up a sign outside and said, Dr. Geezer's Clinic. Get your treatment for $500, and if not cured, get back $1,000. So Dr. Young, who was positive that this old geezer didn't know beans about medicine, thought this would be a great opportunity to get the $1,000. So he went to Dr. Geezer's Clinic. Dr. Young said, Dr. Geezer, I have lost all taste in my mouth. Can you please help me? Dr. Geezer said to the nurse, Nurse, please bring medicine from the box 22 and put three drops in Dr. Eng's mouth. Dr. Eng said, ah, this is gasoline. Dr. Geyser said, congratulations, you got your taste back. That will be $500. Dr. Eng gets really annoyed and he goes back again a couple of days later figuring out how to recover this money. Dr. Eng said, I have lost all my memory. I can never bring... I cannot remember anything. Dr. Geyser said, Nurse, please bring medicine number box 22 and put three drops in patient's mouth. Dr. Eng said, Oh no, this is gasoline. Dr. Geyser said, Congratulations, sir. You got your memory back. That will be $500. Dr. Eng, having lost $1,000, leaves angry and becomes, comes back after several more days. Dr. Eng said, My eyesight has become weak. I can hardly see anything. Dr. Geyser said, well, I don't have any medicine, so here is your $1,000. And he gave him $500. But Dr. Heng said, oh, this is only $500. Dr. Geyser said, congratulations, you got your visions back. <laughs> okay, lift up your Bible, say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak to us this morning. Even though the time is so short, I pray you will reveal your word, what needs to be heard, what needs to be imparted in their hearts that will come out of my mouth, Father. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk something everyone faces. Maybe you have faced in the past. Maybe you are facing now. Or maybe you will face in the near future. It's a word that we use often, but we seldomly understand what it is. It's called spiritual warfare. Everybody say, spiritual warfare. Everyone has gone through spiritual warfare. Either they have gone through, or they are going through, or they will go through. If you have not gone through, guess what? It's coming. It's coming. If you have not gone through, it's coming. If you have gone through, you have learned lessons. And I want to talk about it because... I believe the church have seldomly addressed this issue or they have addressed in such a way it has become more demon conscious, not God conscious. So there are two main thoughts regarding spiritual warfare. So if you're taking notes, take notes. If you're not taking notes, take notes. So the first one, living in denial. Living in denial or not aware of the power of the kingdom of darkness. People say, oh, it's not a big deal. You know, if you go to England, they rather believe a guy is drunk than if you say there is a demon here. That's kind of extreme. People say, ah, it's not a big deal. They live in denial. But then there is another kind of people I mentioned here is living in extreme awareness, extreme awareness of the kingdom of darkness are not aware of the kingdom of God. 
So everything is a darkness. You know, lemon on the street, oh, somebody has made a poison. You know, people say, oh, lemon brother in front of me, in front of my house. I will always tell them, take it, make a juice. It's summertime. Amen. The windows are shaking. Did you check if the hatch is on? It's, it's like everything is spooky. So either one group says living in denial. They don't say it's a big deal. But there is another group says everything is darkness. Okay. That leads me to talk about the spiritual warfare. And I want to tell you something about our adversary. There is a name in the Bible for the word adversary. Means Satan. Okay. I will give you three nuggets of truth about Satan. Number one. Satan is not opposite to God. Hello? Let's get this system in our mind. Satan is not opposite to God. Number two, Satan is a created being. That means somebody superior to Satan created Satan. Hello? And the third one, Satan is opposite of Gabriel and is already defeated on the cross. So this is the original design of Satan. Satan is never against God. So I I believe when we talk about spiritual warfare, at the end of this 30 minutes, I don't want you to go spooky about, oh no, now this is darkness, this is happening. No, I want you to be impressed with the kingdom of light. Amen. We are not fighting for victory, we are fighting from victory. Amen. Religion tells you you got to fight for your victory. Kingdom says it is done. Jesus said on the cross, it's finished. Religion teaches you, you are finished. Hello? You understand? There's a big difference. So this is why we're talking about spiritual warfare. Satan is not opposite to God. Satan is a created being. Satan is nothing compared to the one who created us. And he's our daddy. Amen. Isn't it beautiful? Knuckle someone and say, you are sitting next to daddy's most precious one. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So listen, I did a teaching almost a year ago on spiritual warfare and I covered in detail about the aspects of spiritual warfare. Three main uh, weapons enemy uses. So we're not going to do about that. We will talk about it later. But we dealt in, even in the school of the Holy Spirit, we talked about it. But I'll just highlight it. But we're going to drive somewhere different on the aspect of spiritual warfare. There are three types of spiritual warfare. First one is called accusation. Second one, it's temptation. And the third one is deception. Okay? It's very easy to remember. Accusation, temptation, and deception. Accusation, that's what he does. He always accuses you of what you did on the past. That's Satan's job. Okay. Religion always tells you where you went wrong. Kingdom tells you what God did right. Hello, I'm preaching good. Say amen. Amen. So, religion always tells you what messed up. Kingdom tells you what God fixed. Amen. So that's accusation. The second one is temptation. Matthew 4 talks about temptation in depth. There are three temptations. Shortcuts, performance, greed. The third one is the deception. And deception is very deceiving. It comes as a form of truth, but it's not truth. It's half-baked truth. So these are the major categories everyone will fall into. But I want to focus a little bit on the book of Ephesians. By the way, book of Ephesians is an amazing book. Paul wrote 60 years, listen to this, this is very interesting, 60 years after Jesus 
died, rose again. Okay? So that means, it tells me, the book of Ephesians tells me this. uh, The powers of darkness still luring in this world, even after the birth, death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit filled on the day of Pentecost. It's still there. The book of Acts, if you read the 50th day, the Pentecost, people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus rose again, he appeared to people, but still the powers of darkness are there. Why? Why we still have to face this? You see, there are churches take different positions. They say we are here, we are God's army brother. Let me tell you, it's not biblically true, we are God's army. God has an army, they are called angels. You and me are seated next to rule with him. Hello, we are co-heirs with Christ. We have to get our theology correct here. People say, I'm God's army, part of the God's army. No, you're not part of the God's army. God has an army. He's got an army. They call angels. And he has given angels at your disposal. You are called to reign with him. Colossians says, you are seated next to him in the heavenlies to reign with him. Okay, now, to understand the enemy... There are a lot of scriptures. If you look at Ezekiel chapter 28, if you look at Isaiah 14, there are tons of references about Satan. But let me tell you a little bit about it. Satan and his subordinate demons are angels without jobs, basically. They are here because they have disobeyed the sovereign command of God. And that's why they are called frustrated angels. And what they do? They just... Torment and torture. These are the things that enemy does. He torments and he tortures. It distracts the very plan of God in people's life. Or he will bring you into a place of busyness. You work, 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 work and you will not follow the original design of God. So the leaders of the satanic kingdom, the enemy, was crushed on the cross by Jesus. Okay? He has already been defeated. Defeated. No feet. It's a bad pun. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so this leads me to this question, why we go through spiritual warfare? Sometimes, have you ever asked this question? Right after we finished the school of the Holy Spirit, all of our kids got sick. I got sick. My wife got sick. We don't know why the heck it happens. And it happens all the time when we finish the school. Either one of our staff or this, something does. What enemy does is to kill your joy, take something out of your life so that he can say, I'm still in control. But guess what? He's not in control. The one who lives in us is the one who overcame this world. Amen? So why do we go through spiritual warfare? I have like four or five points here. First one, we live in a fallen world. That's why we live, go through spiritual warfare. Because somebody asks you, man, this Christian life sucks. How many of you know that? Sometimes Christian life is not so easy. (laughs) You know, and people say, oh man, I was doing amazingly. The moment I started walking with the Lord, life sucks. Welcome to the club. Hello. See, we live in a fallen world. Look at Romans 5.12 from from, um, Standard Version says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, everybody say one man, And death through sin, so death spread to all men. Everybody say all men. Because all sin. In other words, when God created death, 
he created death dead hello death had no power in itself the power was given when adam disobeyed god and this is the default setting when you disobey god you automatically obey somebody else that's why i've said this million times i'm going to say it again you can't live like hell on saturday and expect god to move like heaven on sunday it's impossible we can't just say god i will do this all this on sunday but then monday to saturday it's my life it's never going to work so this is what the verse means through one man sin entered but through one man the righteousness was restored the bible says the first adam sinned and then the word says last adam and the original translation of last adam means original original adam so god actually what he did when he said it's finished he actually says i'm bringing you back into the original design amen the greatest transfusion happened is when the blood of jesus cleansed us amen isn't it beautiful number 2 This is the second reason why we go through spiritual warfare. Someone rescued us from rot. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. That's why we go through. Bill Johnson puts it in like this. If you don't face opposition now and then in your life, probably you and the enemy are on the same boat. So, so if you come and say, brother, the last 2018, I never faced any opposition. I will be like, Hmm. I don't need even to say amen thank you I will pray for lord kindle some fire amen so look at this verse Ephesians 2:8 and 9 from the new living translation god saved you by his grace when you believed through faith so you can't take credit for it it is a gift from god salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it isn't it beautiful that means it is a gift from god that means somebody rescued us i have asked this question let me ask you again it feels good to ask how many of you have sinned yes okay now the second question now you will see the hands will come lower how many of you enjoy sinning <laughs> now you're checking out is that guy enjoyed i don't know you know this is what the bible translates this is charles paraphrase version while you are enjoy sinning who loved you christ loved that means when you are showing your back towards god you know mecca mecca is actually a exact opposite direction of jerusalem So the religion sneaks in and says you got to do it so that you can get fixed i tell you you can never do stuff to achieve what god has done in your life you never can make love god you more the way he has designed to love that's it so this is why the enemy kind of sneaks in and says oh you got to work it out you have to try your best so that somebody can approve you religion says climb up kingdom says god came down amen god so loved the world he gave and that's why someone rescued us we are bought by a price philippians i think it says you are bought by a price you are not of your own that means that's why enemy doesn't like it because you are not anymore in his boat 
he's like man this person the day you cry out abba father you know one of the roles of the holy spirit there are lots of roles of the holy spirit one of the roles of the holy spirit he brings you closer so your spirit cry out to god's spirit and say abba father the moment you cried you know what has happened you are now into the part of the god's family that particular moment enemy is like a chicago hitman he wants to send this his angels to destroy us but guess what we are not focused on him you are focused on the finished work on the cross amen so that's why someone rescued us from the rat see religion always tells you in such a way that you can do something to win approval from god it's never going to work someone rescued me hold someone's hand and say you are bought with a price that is the blood of jesus amen okay the third point we have an eternal destiny an enemy doesn't want to fulfill it consider this if you are only born once you shall die twice okay someone said this but if you are born twice probably you will die only once do you see the, the amazing thing there okay if you are only born once you shall die twice that means you, you have not born again so you're going to die again in judgment okay but if you are born twice that means you are born again you will probably die only once that's what it means look at verse first peter 2 verse uh, 9 and 10 beware i'm reading from the standard version but you are a chosen generation say everyone chosen generation i am a chosen generation that means god has chosen me from before the foundations of the world before my mama and dada came together before their mama and dada came together i was formed and i have a destiny in god's mind amen chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light once you were a not a people but you are now god's people once you have not received mercy but you have now received mercy how beautiful it is god has given us that's why enemy doesn't like it you know angela is a royal priesthood so anything to defy the royal priesthood he will bring you suggestions temptations accusations deception what is a royal priesthood you are a royal that means you are reigning with god but you are also the priest you are becoming the sacrifice to god you're not bringing sacrifice you are the sacrifice that's why in worship in the old testament they bring the sacrifice in the new testament you are the sacrifice hello in the old testament they have to bring a sacrifice imagine every time during the pentecost they will bring thousands and thousands and thousands of you know goats and lambs it's nice to make barbecue but that's old testament but in the new testament you are that barbecue for the lord amen no one says amen suddenly all become vegans you know listen first thessalonians 2:18 from the expanded bible we wanted to come to you this is paul writing i paul tried everybody say tried to come more than once again and again both once and twice but satan stopped hindered do you know satan does not like god's plan for your life hello satan can never come on a neutral ground and say okay okay you come do 50 50 we will come no 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 satan's number one goal is to stop the plan of god in your life so you will do everything you know the greatest challenge i see people do this when it doesn't work they quick give up 
they say it's not working sometimes it's not working because it's the enemy doesn't want to happen that hello guys we bought this land in 2012 it's 2019 and there are many times i tell you god is my witness we want to pack our bag go we got invitation to go to some first world nation to go be a pastor work there you know and i tell you my flesh says do it but i tell you the one who called me is faithful and you hold on you hold on you don't give up you keep on holding on and you will see the breakthrough of god amen it's important to understand this that's why paul was writing i tried to come but satan stopped so is paul highlighting satan's influence no paul is saying this is real but don't give up keep moving amen the fourth one this is why we go through spiritual warfare friend of god means enemy of satan friend of god is equal to enemy of satan the moment you say god is my friend enemy is your enemy satan is your enemy look at this verse first peter 5:8 i'm reading from the passion be well balanced and always alert because of your enemy the devil roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour you know the word devour basically means to gulp to take you to swallow you to give you that's why some people go through surprise attacks hello when surprise attack comes don't be like the old testament sin in the camp mentality just check your heart if there was anything wrong repent move forward but the most important thing you need to know the one who started in you he's already won the battle but just don't give up keep moving forward amen you see the word trouble in greek i did some little uh, word search it's not an extensive search but small little word search the greek word the trouble means kakapataya okay kakapataya illa that sounds very tamil no but kakapataya say that with me no greek scholar my father in law is not there so i can do whatever you know i'm just saying but trouble basically means kakapataya which basically means internal distress because of external circumstances internal distress because of external circumstances that's why psalmist says though i walk through the valley of shadow of death your rod and your staff comforts me isn't it beautiful so he saw kakapataya everywhere that's a funny word no we all have in every language there is a funny word i think this is the funniest word i know in greek so far kakapataya so even though you go through the valley of dry bones even though you go through the valley of shadow of death his rod and his staff what is the rod and his staff again we can talk about it just that one verse for two hours rod and staff that talks about the authority the dominion of god it's it's the comfort of god the identity of god there's a lot of the, you know suggestions we can draw out of the biblical principle his rod and his staff comforts me that's why david finishes off that psalm by saying i will dwell in the house of the lord forever amen because he knows he is not afraid of the kakapataya 
the trouble around him. Amen? Alright, so, how do we really live a life of overcoming the spiritual warfare? Okay? Again, I have four simple principles which we practice and I believe some of you are practicing, maybe all of you are practicing, but it's a good reminder. But I want to draw the scripture from Ephesians 6. And we don't have time to read all of that. If you go home, do yourself a favor. Okay? Ephesians 6 from verse 13 to 20. God amazingly gives Paul something we all know called armor of God. Not the Jackie John movie armor of God. (laughs) Though that movie is full of action. But that's not the one he's talking about. It's the armor of God Ephesians talks about. There are six things Ephesians Six talks about the helmet of salvation, the first thing, which guards your mind. The breastplate of righteousness, which guards your emotions. Because above all, Jeremiah 17 says, guard your heart. The belt of truth, which guards you away from the lies, from the deception. The shield of faith, because our Christian life is not based on feelings, but on faith. Hello? Okay? And then, the feet that comes with the readiness to preach the gospel of peace, which means our ministry, the first ministry, is the ministry of reconciliation. That means, I can't be successful in the church when I have bitterness towards my friend. Hello? And the last but not the least, which is the walkie-talkie that God has given us, which is the sword of God, which is the word of God. Amen? So go home, read it. But I thought I will draw four principles from here. Okay? How do we live a life of overcoming spiritual warfare? Because I believe some of you are going through this. As maybe some of you went through in your past. Or some of you, you'll be about to enter that. I'm not prophesying. This is the reality. Okay? Number one, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. That's why Bible says... Do not be drunk in wine that is leads to debauchery, which basically means lose your mind, but instead be filled in the spirit. One thing about drunk people, okay, I'm talking about my own experience from a busy time. When you are intoxicated, the drunk people never care about the opinion of others. Anybody can witness? Amen. No, you're all holy people, man. Hmm. Hello. When you are drunk, you really don't care about the opinion of people. But that's the similarity Paul is drawing. He's saying, you know what? Do not get drunk in wine. That leads to debauchery, which means losing your, you know, you go cuckoos, according to Africans, right? Cuckoos. You go cuckoos. You lose. You go nuts. But rather be filled. That means you go one step above. Not being logical, but go one step above where God seated you in Christ, in heavenly realms. Hello? That sounds good for me to be drunk in the spirit every day. So when other people comes and gives me the opinion, I'm saying, okay, that opinion is not the opinion of God. The most important opinion is the opinion of God in my life. Amen? That's called praying in the spirit. I have said this before. Praying in the spirit does not mean you will become a lunatic. It just basically means you are aligning your spirit with the spirit of Jesus. Amen? That's why it's good to pray in the spirit. And you know, and a religious person cannot pray in the spirit. Why? He has got this formula. A, B, C, D. He has to finish that. But a kingdom person, that's his lifestyle. Prayer becomes a lifestyle. 
It's not a five minutes. It's not a ten minutes. It's every day. Every moment, prayer become a lifestyle. Pray in the spirit. Number two, declare the word of God. Declare the word of God. I've said this two weeks ago. Stop looking for a sign and start looking for a scripture. We are so focused on looking for a sign. Brother, that sign is coming. Oh, this sign is coming. Oh, she is wearing pink. I am also wearing pink. Confirmation. It's not confirmation. It's called stupidity on steroids. It's not confirmation. Sorry. You know, I used to have that, you know, when I was teenage, I had a crush on girls. Oh, I am wearing pink. She is wearing pink. The next time, four girls were wearing pink. No confirmation. It's collapsing your mind. Hello. You get my point? Amen. So, this is the thing. Declare the word of God. Don't look for a sign. I'm not saying signs are bad. But start looking for the scripture. Listen, the word of God and the will of God will never contradict one another. That's why where there is no word, the Holy Spirit cannot penetrate. Hello? Holy Spirit's job is to confirm the word. And what is word? Who is word? Jesus is the word. Declare. Meditate on it. Take time to read. There are songs we never think to meditate and memorize it, right? If I ask my Tamil friends, sing Kolavari song, it's by, by heart, naturally comes. Why this? Thank you so much. Right? If my, my son Isaac, he didn't sit every day, this baby shark. Do, 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 do. He didn't sit there for three hours. It just happens. If I start doing like this, you all know. Your butt started shaking, right? Hello? Yes or no? You Come on, guys. Take the mask out. Talk to me. Yes. But that it's intentional. We have to be intentional. Plugging in the word. Taking time to meditate. That's why the Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Guide to my path. Amen. Take the word inside. You see, the more the word of God gets into your life, the less the opinion of others matters for you. And the opposite is also true. The more the opinion of people comes in your life, the less the word of God will have authority over your life. Get the word of God inside. Put it there. It's a mental thing. That's how you overcome the spiritual life. The third one, this is very important. Trust God that he will fulfill what he has promised. See, this is very interesting. There are promises God has given. Some of them can take longer. Right? I still remember my wife, when I met her, she told me the story. When she was like, what, 14? She saw the picture. Yeah. Around that. She saw a picture of beautiful young girls and she was met in that. And she's now 35 years old. And she's still seeing like a tiny realization of the dream. Sometimes we are too quick to see, oh, this demon is not happening, so I have to move forward. No, don't give up. Trust God. He who promised is faithful. That's why you just keep on holding on to the promises of God. He's called me. He will do it. Amen? It's a mental attitude you have to take. And the last one, okay, never give up. In the spiritual warfare, so many times people say, ah, it's too much. Life sucks. Let me pack my bag, move forward. You know, I have a mentor, he's a South African, and, uh, and he used to tell me, Charles, if you don't write your exams now and then when God has called you to write, and if you keep harriers 
And when you write your exams later, you're going to pay a big price for it. So rather pay it now. Write it now. You know? And sometimes we don't like to write that exams. We wanted to keep the hurriers. That's why, that's why some people have the degree and then the, t the bar on the top for the next 25 years. It's, you know. Write it now. When God calls you, write it now. Don't give up. Just write it. It may be painful, but let it yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, how do we overcome? This is how we overcome. We pray in the Spirit. Okay? We don't pray in the Spirit when things go well. We pray in the Spirit when even things don't go well. We meditate on the Word. We declare the Word. We agree with the mind of God. Okay? We keep holding on to the promises that He will fulfill.